Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we are here. I, I feel like this is kind of like the, the day after Christmas for a lot of theater fans. Yeah. Because on Monday, they had the Entertainment Community Fund benefit concert of the original cast of Ragtime. And it is all that everybody is talking about all that anybody is posting completely illegal bootlegs of, but nobody cares. Pictures, um, playbill posters, er, or playbill uh, pictures, everything about it is the talk of the town. And uh, I do want to talk a little bit about something that happened uh, at the Ragtime concert before we get into it. I'll have the complete thing in the, in the, in the show notes, but something that really moved me was the fact that the program the playbill for the night included a note from the book writer for ragtime terrence mcnally who as many people remember passed away at the age of 81 due to covid uh, related complications he'd actually penned this note for like the first uh or, or maybe not even the first the second time they were supposed to do this concert after the passing of Marin Maisie. and i won't read all of it but i do just want to read a little bit to you before we get into the news um he said we dedicate this evening to our beautiful, radiant, fearless friend. We will make her hear us. In many ways, Marin embodied the very spirit of ragtime, American to its fingertips, hopeful, even though the darkest clouds were already beginning to darken her once Eden-like landscapes. So just a, you know, a sad but touching remembrance by two people that we have lost in recent years that meant not only so much to this show, but to the entire theater community as a whole. So um, I'm very happy, not, you know, at all jealous of all, all of our friends who got to be there uh, on Monday night. But um, this was very sweet. And I encourage you all to read the entire note that we'll have in the show notes. Yeah, it it, it it seemed to be quite, quite the event. Uh, uh, I had a lot of friends that were there. And uh, some of them said that they thought think that a documentary film crew was there but uh i haven't heard any details about that neither have i but that's something that i think ashley and i maybe talked about a lot because the last time that they had one of these things at least one of the last big ones was the spring awakening one and they you know kind of surprised us with a documentary uh with that one as well i would love for that to have happened with this but uh hopefully that will come true and we'll get a chance to to hear about that soon if it does you will hear it first here on Broadway Radio, and to hear it before anybody else, you have to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, let's get into the news, James. And the biggest news of the day comes from the public theater and its upcoming one-show Shakespeare in the Park season. The extended nine-week run will be of just one show, mainly because the Delacorte is going to undergo some renovations, but it will be a star-studded extravaganza at the Delacorte Theater, and for nine weeks, beginning on June 8th and running through August 6th, we will have a production of Hamlet, directed by Kenny Leon. We already knew that he was going to be doing the show, and A2 Blanks and Wood will be playing Hamlet, but we got the entire cast and creative team announced on Tuesday, and it will be led by the luminous and wonderful Soleil Pfeiffer as Ophelia, but they announced the entire cast will run through the principles here. Um, Brandon Gill will be playing Gildenstern. Greg Hildreth will be playing the Grave Digger. Um, uh, War, uh, Warner uh, Miller will be playing Horatio. Daniel Pierce will be playing Polonius. 
Nick Ryberger will be playing Laertes. The great John Douglas Thompson will be playing Claudius. Lorraine Toussaint will be playing Gertrude. Uh, and Mitchell Winter will be playing Rosencrantz. The creative team is also f- fantastic and top-notch. Scenic design will be provided by Beowulf Borat. Costume design by Jessica John. Lighting design by Alan Lee Hughes and others. Uh, even though they're doing this for nine weeks, James, and you know who knows, maybe they do it at a couple of weeks in there before the renovations have to start. This is still going to be a very, very in-demand ticket. And obviously with these free Shakespeare in the park shows lining up or doing the digital lottery or however they're doing it these days is, uh, is never easy, but I think people are going to be doing everything they can to see this production in the park this summer. So nine weeks, is that just one performance? Because, you know, Hamlet can run long. (laughs) It can. It's, it's, it's one performance a week. So it's a total of nine performances. That's correct. Um, uh, no, but uh, I'm excited about it. I mean, it's this is one if they, they uh, you know, they they said they were going big when they said Kenny Leon was directing and a two blanks and wood was going to be playing Hamlet. But they really filled out the rest of this cast with some major heavy hitters. Ha- absolutely. But I- I've seen some Hamlets that have three and a half, four hours. Uh, certainly they, they can't do that in, in the park. Uh, I think I that think uh, so. So I, I wonder if they're uh, going to cut the book or what they're going to do there. But uh, Hamlet's a big, long show. And if uh, I think that if word got out that this was a three-and-a-half-hour show, that maybe not so much uh, second-act people. <laughs> well, the, I, I don't see anything in the show notes about them there being an adapter for this, although I'm sure there will be, because you're right, they don't want to have the full, full thing, but I don't, nothing in here about that. So we'll have to wait and see, but that is certainly something to keep in mind for sitting out in the New York sun, even as the sun goes down, but even in the New York heat uh, over the summer. So we'll have to wait and see. Well, maybe it'll be a big fat ham. (laughs) Multiple hamlets from the public theater running at the same time in New York. I think many people will try to make a, uh, a two show day out of that on uh, on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and maybe Sundays too. So. Maybe they'll want to make a meal of it. A meal. Oh, well done. Him. Well done. Well done. Um, it's talking of some star studded casting for somewhat limited runs. Yesterday, the Irish Repertory Theater announced a pair of shows, what they are calling the Letters series. It'll be two one week runs of different shows, one starting in April. And one beginning at the very end of May. The first will be a a play called Dear Liar, which is by Jerome Kilty and George Bernard Shaw. That one will run from April 25th through the 30th and will star Tony nominee Melissa Errico and David Stoller. But the real big one that I think everyone is going to be talking about will begin performances on May 30th and run through June 4th. And this is A.R. Gurney's Love Letters. It will star no less than Tony winners Matthew Broderick and Laura Benanti. This is, yeah, this is um, the Letters series, according to an Irish rep press release, explores the thrill of witnessing great relationships unfold and sometimes shape our history in an age of instant communication. So obviously we're very familiar with um, A.R. Gurney's Love Letters. We've seen it done many times. It was done on Broadway, I think even during the run of, you know, since we've been doing it today on Broadway, where they kind of rotated yeah, yeah, a number of different uh, stars in. 
And Carol Burnett did it, and Brian Dennehy did it. A bunch of different people came in and out of that. Um, Does were you thinking King of Charles Jones in it? Did I? Uh... Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Um, I'm not. Sure. I don't remember who was the last. Uh, who was the the group that opened it uh, most recently? It was it? Oh, it was before today on Broadway, but it was uh, in 2014. The opening night cast was Brian Dennehy and Mia Farrow. And replacements included Alan Alda, Candace Bergen, Carol Burnett, and others. But um, either way, uh, exciting Matthew Broderick and Laura Benanti. Really disappointed that it's starting like two weeks after, or not even two weeks, a few days after I'm in town. Because uh, you know I would have loved to have seen that. But we'll have all the details of the letter series in the show notes. Hmm. Also yesterday, we found out that uh, as, as is done often in Andrew Lloyd Webber's shows, there will be an alternate going on for Cinderella and Bad Cinderella every Sunday beginning this weekend. The role of Cinderella, which is normally played by Lin, uh, by Lenady Hanal, will be taken over by Savvy Jackson on Sundays. She's actually going on um, tonight, Tuesday night, as we're recording. Uh, but she'll be taking over all Sunday performances beginning this weekend. I recently saw Savvy as Marion in hood down at the oslo rep theater she was fantastic in that the show was very good as well um i think actually ashley park originated that role when they did it in houston uh, a number of years ago but she's very good so i'm excited for her to get the opportunity to do this obviously the reviews for bad cinderella not good but uh, if you are somebody who kind of likes all of the camp and all of the drama that goes around with this i would highly recommend that you check out savvy because she was Fantastic when I saw her, uh, I think last October is when I saw that show. And some other news, <laughs> despite the fact that Back to the Future has not yet begun performances on Broadway, they've already announced the fact that it will launch a North American tour beginning in the summer of 2024. It will open at the uh, the Playhouse Square in Cleveland in June. It'll go to Charlotte, North Carolina in 2024. It'll actually be, have its preview and tech run uh, in Schenectady, as in Schenectady, as we've talked about many, many times over the years because of tax breaks. That's often a place where these shows get their feet under them before they have their official opening nights on the road. Of course, we don't know the casting or the you know the complete uh tour dates or anything like that that'll be coming um but i think this is an interesting move james where we're seeing a show announce a national tour before it even comes to broadway obviously it's had an olivier award-winning run in london but you know maybe getting over its skis a little bit but I, i think the fact that this is a show that has a fairly decent pedigree coming from london and has a very very recognizable title i think it'll do just fine on the road don't we think that uh you know, history repeating itself with six. I mean, six was uh, a non-traditional route and doing okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very different shows and I think very different, uh, you know, very different prospects there. The one thing that I'm interested about is we've heard so much about all of the the tech and the effects with Back to the Future, both in London and in what we should expect with the New York. I'm interested to hear how they're able to adapt that for the road. Uh, I did not see it in London, obviously, and I, no one has seen it in New York. But from everybody who has seen it over in the West End, I, it seems like one of those shows where it's going to be built for the theater it's in. So things will have to kind of change when it heads out on the road, much like Town changed from uh, from the Walter Kerr to when it went on the road. You know, the, the you know, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it on Broadway, they come up from underground. 
wasn't possible on the road all the time. Um, you know, things like with a flying DeLorean, you're going to have to figure out how to make that work, you know, especially uh, when you're going to a different city every week. So I'm not sure how they're going to do that, if they will have to uh, restage some things for the national tour, or if there is some sort of sneaky way that they can make it work, uh, you know, away from its home on Broadway. But We'll wait and see. And obviously, we're not that far away from finding out because the show is going to be beginning performances in New York this summer. It'll be on Broadway for a year and then it'll head out next summer. So we will have to wait and see what they say there. I have two words for you. (laughs) Flux capacitor. Starlight Express. (laughs) So instead of a flying DeLorean, we're just going to put people on rollerblades and say it's a it's a flying time machine. (laughs) Well, I mean, Starlight Express was a very, very complex show on the road. Mm -hmm. They actually had two, they had two uh, units that would hop each one. So one would go to one city, and one would go to the next city to set up, and the cast would just move mm, to smart. sex because it's the second thing because it was so complex at the time. It was the state of the art in technology for touring. Yeah, uh, and so uh, Starlight Express may Starlight Express. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good point. They very well could do that. And with a title like Back to the Future, I think financially they'll be fine. They're going to do very, very well on the road. So they can afford to spend a little bit extra money on having multiple sets to tour around and make sure they have something in place for the cast to get there. The last thing in this section that I want to talk about yesterday, Lincoln Center Theater and LCT3 announced next at LCT3, a new concert series with performances at the Claire Tao Theater. It'll feature a a really, really phenomenal cast, um, and it will kick off this spring, April 26th. Um, from April 26th through April 30th will be Michael R. Jackson. From May 3rd through May 7th will be Melissa Lee and Kit Yan. Then from Tuesday, May 9th through Sunday, May 14th will be some of my favorites, the Bengsons who I absolutely love. And then the final performances will be from May 17th through May 21st. And it'll be John Gallagher Jr. They're going to be doing just intimate concerts in a very small space. They are going to be highlighting, you know, new singer songwriters and composers, obviously people to watch in the industry who either have a name are developing a name or are just beginning their careers. So really excited about that. I'm going to be in town for the John Gallagher Jr. Show, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it because I think I'm already booked for those days. But uh, if you have a chance, especially to see Michael R. Jackson and the Bengtsons, I think those will be really, really great performances. Maybe they will schedule a show at 427 in the afternoon for you. I mean, if they do, I'm already planning on seeing um titanic on saturday the 20th has a nine or as a 5 p.m show and a 9 p.m show uh but i think i'm going to see what something in the afternoon for matinee you know whatever a normal time two o'clock go to see titanic at five then go from there to sweeney i think oh fingers crossed i think i can make that work um my friend natalie is going to be in town from glasgow scotland and we're going to try to make a a three show day out of that to make sure that we can get as many as many show is, shows in as humanly possible. I just want to recommend that whatever you do, do not eat before Sweeney because that would be gross. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? No, not yet. No. Okay. All right. I, I'm very curious to uh, to hear your thoughts on that. All right. Well, let's get into my th- my favorite segment of this week and every week. That is the Broadway grosses. Last week, we saw two new shows join the boards. It was actually three because we had the Jonas Brothers depart. 
Thanks in no small part to the Jonas's uh, Broadway's overall gross has dropped about $1.5 million or 4%. Uh, that's actually pretty much what the Jonas brothers did in their five performances the previous week, but the grosses overall were 32,656,200 bucks. Um, attendance was essentially flat, like 78 people difference uh, or 74. It looks like that 259,758 people. Um, unsurprisingly to anybody uh funny girl was back on top uh oh no i'm sorry in terms of the uh in terms of the gross difference funny girl was back on top because leah michelle had been out so much the week before she was back for most of the performances last week but not all of them they raised a total of about three hundred and eighty thousand dollars over the previous week in terms of the overall grosses again not a surprise phantom of the opera was at the top of the list again grossing more than three million dollars at three million fifty seven thousand nine hundred thirty three bucks it was still i think depending on where you are in the country a bit of a spring break crowd not as big as maybe the previous week but a lot of family shows at the top lion king came in second at 2.13 million hamilton at 1.92 wicked at 1.88 and mj at 1.7 the rest of the shows in descending order north of 1 million dollars were funny girl at 1.6 moulin rouge at 1.48 harry potter and the cursed child at 1.41 the aforementioned sweeney todd in just seven performances at 1. Aladdin at 1.3, and Juliet at 1.2, six at 1.1, Parade, interestingly enough, north of $1 million at 1.1, and then Book of Mormon at just over $1 million. Down to the other end of the scale, we had the Thanksgiving play with just three performances on Broadway, coming in at $87,000, then Fat Ham with just five performances at $216,000, and Pictures from Home with just seven at $308,000. Interestingly enough, Excuse me. Interestingly enough, with just two performances on Broadway, New York, New York did very well at $418,601. James, I don't know if you've heard much about this yet. I have heard need some cuts. It's a little long, but that's to be expected in the first couple of previews. Otherwise, this thing is stellar from what I've heard heard from multiple Mm -hmm. people that this show is going to be very, very good and very well might take the crown away from of best musical from Kimberly Akimbo, which many wow. people have long have long since thought was going to hold on to that. Uh, but if they can make the most out of their preview period, trim it down 10, 15, 20 minutes, this could be a really, really big hit. So we will have to wait and see. With the right, grosses. Jim, yeah, go ahead. With the grosses, I I have a, a strange uh, a strange idea. Um, why wouldn't they uh, it was a one night only thing, but why wouldn't they include the ragtime in the grosses next week? I don't know. Maybe because it was a charity event. Um, but I'm not sure. Cause still... I you're right. It's on Broadway, but they've never done those before. No, I know. On... Yeah, I've never seen it, but I wonder if because that would uh, give a big boost to the numbers next week. Yeah, I. I imagine that we'll get the total. Uh, the total yeah. money raised from the entertainment community fund. I- I'm trying to remember if we did for like spring awakening or, I mean, they do multiple of these things to varying levels throughout the year. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head if we've ever gotten those totals, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did, but you're right. When you have special things, like even when if you remember like celebrity autobiography would like come in and do a Monday night show yeah. in a house that was, other, we would always get those grosses. I wonder if there's just a difference maybe in because because it's a charity thing, maybe it, it's 
maybe there's some sort of union differential that makes it not technically a Broadway thing. I'm not sure how that works, but that's a good point. I've never thought about that. Hmm. You can proceed. Oh, well. Yeah. All right. Speaking of union things and some different uh, some different contract things, yesterday we got a little bit of news from two different negotiations that Actors Equity Association is having. It includes one with LORT, the League of Resident Theaters, and something with the Broadway League about national tour companies and stuff. I won't get into a lot of details because we are running um, a little bit long, but essentially Actors Equity and LORT have reached a tentative agreement on a new five-year deal. It still needs to be ratified by both equity members and LORT members. Um, According to AEA, it says that uh, the tentative, tentative agreement, quote, guarantees fair wages while also making significant gains reflecting the hard work of stage managers, understudies, and actors who play musical instruments on stage. So you can read more about that in the show notes. Also, uh, AEA tweeted out kind of three or four slides about what's going on with their negotiations with the Broadway League about national tours. They apparently, their the, the contract actually ended on February 5th. So they have been continuing to work under the previous contract, uh, despite the fact that they do not have anything currently in place. The things that the Broadway League or that AEA is trying to get from the Broadway League are wage and per diem increases, better housing and sufficient coverage for stage managers and actors, especially during, uh, you know, all of the COVID-19 requirements. So if you want to hear read more about that, we will have both of those articles in the show notes. And finally, a feel-good recommendation for today. It was not part of the Today Show's Broadway week last week, but the cast of Dancing did make a morning show appearance on Tuesday. They were on ABC's Good Morning America, and they did a uh, the performance from Sing, Sing, Sing. Uh, always high energy, always very fun. So if you want to check that out, we will have that in the show notes. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. James, is there anywhere people can find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Facebook and a little bit on Instagram, but really, no. really not much on social media now. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Uh, all right, everybody, that is all that we have for today. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 